Well, good morning. Uh, I can tell you this, there's freedom here today because the Spirit of the Lord is here, and y'all are looking good. Have a seat. We're glad that you're here today, and uh, we just uh, welcome you to church. And this, uh, I just realized it's President's Day weekend. I knew that. I just thought about that again this morning. So we're glad you're here. And how many of you don't have to work tomorrow? Wow. Huh? Columbus Day. Yeah, that's right. My bad. He wasn't a president, but, you know, if he'd have been around at the right time, he would have been. <laughs> that's right. Thanks, Lynn. That's why I got you in my life. You're the <laughs> He's the Marines on the bronze. Anyway. <laughs> Well, welcome to church today. We are glad you're here. Check in on Facebook or your social media, the one that you like to check in on. Just let people know that you are in a great church today and you wish they were here with us. If you're a first-time guest, we welcome you here today. And uh, we have a table set up out there that we'd like for you to stop at. We have a gift for you uh, for being here today. And uh, we just like to get to know you a little better. Uh, we won't come see you or anything. We just like to know who's here uh, so we can acknowledge that. So thank you for that connection card. In your program, there's a connection card you can put your information on. Even if you're a regular attender, you can use that connection card uh, to um, give any information that you need and uh, also prayer requests. And uh, we will, that's how we kind of try to stay in touch is through the connection card. Our tithes and offering, we're going to be taking that in just a few minutes. We appreciate those of you who faithfully give to make the ministry of Salem Fields uh, continue to happen, and we count on you, uh, but more than that, uh, we know that God blesses you and, uh, and uh, meets your needs because you have learned uh, to tithe and put God first place in your life in that area of your finances. So if you've never tithed, I would challenge you today, the tithe is 10% of the first. So if you've never tithed God, he says, test me in this and see if I will not pour out more blessing. I mean, that, that to me is just too mind-boggling not to give it a shot that he'll pour out more blessing on us than we can uh, handle. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you for that. And uh, Blue Star, Mon if you're a guest, don't worry about all I just said. Uh, just enjoy the service today and give only if you feel led to do that. Blue Star Moms, uh, we have boxes set up where we're trying to collect supplies to for Blue Star Moms, and that is a, a group of moms that send uh, gifts to uh, Christmas gifts to those who are serving abroad. And we want to shower as many as we can and we can do that if we all pull together to do that. Classes today following the service are uh, spiritual growth classes, and uh, you can see those listed on the board or in your program. Be sure to check those out today right after the service. Uh, there will be pizza and child care and good teaching, so hope you'll make that a part of your day. Go Saturday, uh, because you have no reason to stay home. I feel like the Redskin game today with Miami Dolphins, might end up being zero to zero. <laughs> but anyway, uh, somebody's going to win today. Uh, anyway, Go Saturday's coming up. That's a day of mission in our community. There's a table outside the doors that you can sign up with. See Pastor Kelly. Hope you'll be a part of that as we go into our community to make an impact. Again, thanks for being here, and we hope that you sense the spirit of the Lord and uh, that you uh, enjoy uh, the presence of God in the company of each other. Thank you. Hallelujah In the presence of 
that in your mind, that Jesus is in the grave, the enemy thought he was dead, and he began to breathe. That's quite an image. And I think of that, you know, we get in situations in life where we feel dead, but we have a living hope, and that living hope began to breathe, and he, breathe, and he will breathe new life into any situation that we find ourselves in. That's the kind of faith that I need today to realize that we serve a God that is alive and well and that he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us but to be our help in time of need. Now I tell you, in my lifetime, I put my hope in a lot of things. But the only thing that I've ever put my hope in that's never let me down, the only person I've ever put my hope in that's never let me down is Jesus Christ. He's the living hope. So you may feel a little hopeless this morning, but I gotta tell you, if you know Jesus, he can breathe new life in any situation you find yourself in today. And I'm trusting that for myself. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you for those, Lord, that are worshiping online, our, our children in the cafe, those that are in the cafe, our students, Lord. We pray, dear God, that we would just realize and celebrate today that our God is a living God and, he, and that you are our hope, Lord, and we thank you for that. And I pray, dear God, that you be with all of us this morning as we've gathered here, open our hearts to receive the message. Bless our speaker. Uh, bless Lynn today, Lord, and just pour out your spirit upon him. And bless his family back home, Lord. There are needs there, and you know all about that, Lord. And so we ask 
that, God, that you would just uh, breathe living hope, Lord, into any situation uh, that uh, we find ourselves in today. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this gathering. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Thank you again for being here today. It's a very special privilege we have today to have Leonard Sweet in our presence. And how many of you have been here before when Leonard's been here? A few of you, so you already know that uh, that's going to be a great day, great message, and uh, that uh, we are privileged today to have Lynn here. Lynn is one of the most sought-after speakers in the church today. He's an, he's an author, a writer. He is a, a college professor. He, you, you name the Christian world, and he's been that in our, uh, in the, in our uh, an influence in the Christian world, in the church. And uh, I appreciate that and appreciate him. And uh, for all the things that we can say about him, he's a dad and a husband. And uh, he lives in uh, East Sound, Washington, on Orcas Island. And he came all the way here to be in Salem Fields in Fredericksburg today. So will you make Lynn feel welcome today? Grace to you and peace, sisters and brothers, and the one who is, the one who was. And the one who is to come. Good morning, saints. Morning, morning sinners. Morning. We're all here. And all that we are is here. And I am delighted to be here. I, I'm good friends with Gay and Buddy. And, and that's why I'm here is our friendship. And it's an honor to be here. They, they, brought, they came out to visit me this summer. And they brought Gracie with them. And I fell in love with Gracie. We all just, she is, she's just a special one. And thank you for sharing her with me. And. And uh, it's been great uh, renewing that acquaintance. 500 years ago, Luther and Calvin, these are the two great reformers, they rediscovered something that was there all along, but we had missed it as strongly as they perceived it. And that was something called the priesthood of all believers. By that they meant that when you get baptized, your baptismal certificate is your ordination into ministry. In other words, who are the ministers of this church? You are. Now you have, you, you set apart a couple of, a few ministers to administer your ministry, but we are all ministers by virtue of our baptism. Recently, we've been reminded that even more than that, we are not just ministers, we are also missionaries. That we have a ministry to the body, but a mission where? In the world. In fact, the world's been stealing our best line. Every business now has to have a, what kind of a statement? Mission statement. That was our line. And our mission statement is, as Jesus gave us a mission statement, go out to all the world, make disciples of Jesus Christ of all cultures. That's our Mission statements. We are, all of us, we have a ministry to the body and a mission in the world. So what's your ministry? What's your mission? Every one of us. But here's the problem. The first thing a missionary does before they go out anywhere, what do they do? Before they go to any culture, they learn the language. You can't be a missionary unless you speak the language of this culture. And this is one of our problems, is that we're living in a culture 
a digital culture that is speaking a whole new language than some of us learned that didn't grow up in a digital culture but came out of a Gutenberg culture, a, a book culture, a print culture. This culture out there does not hear words. It hears stories with a soundtrack. Stories with a soundtrack. That's the way in which this culture communicates. You have a lot of commercials that have no words. They just give you a story with a soundtrack. There's a certain company called Budweiser. You Nazarenes wouldn't know anything about this company. But, um, <laughs> and, you know, when we have Super Bowl, the Super Bowls have two competitions going. Who's the best football team and who's got the best yeah, three years in a row, Budweiser won the Super Bowl with commercials. You remember them, dog, horse. Each one of those commercials had no words. Just all what? How did Fanny Crosby say it? This is my story. This is my welcome to your world. This, this culture communicates in story and song. Now, this weekend, we've been really focusing on story I didn't get into the song, the soundtrack, but we're living in a world now where there are global soundtracks. Everybody's listening to the same music. If you don't believe me, we've got 7.5 billion people on this planet. Look up Despacito. <laughs> 6.5 billion hits. Six, now, everybody with a kid knows that one hit does not mean one look, but... In a world of 7.5 billion people, you got some songs that have six to, another one I can't even, I hate to mention this name because it'll, it'll maybe give you an earworm, but um, Gangnam Style. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, six billion hits. I mean, a world where we're all, there's a global soundtrack. I mean, look, it makes Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk, only, it only has 3.5 billion. You know, poor Bruno, you know. Um, we haven't even talked about the soundtrack. We're just talking about how do we read the Bible in the language of the culture, which is not, you don't read it for the words, you read it for the story and the soundtrack. So, we're going to end. This is the third kind of biblical story I've done this weekend, but we're going to end with the most important one. And so turn with me in your Bibles to John 20. This is the story of what it means that that lion roared and delivered us from the claim and chains of death and the power of the grave. So this is the story that without which Paul said we might as well be doing something else because this is the reason why we're here. It's the story of the resurrection of Jesus, John 20. But we're going to read it again, not to pick out some points and make some principles. We're going to pick it just to let the, what, story unfold. By the way, every single commercial, this is a world where nobody's selling a product. Every single commercial is giving you, selling you a story. They're wanting you to buy their story, buy into their story. And I'm here to tell you there's only one story you can trust your life to, and that is the Jesus story. Nike says, trust your life to our story. Every celebrity says, trust your life to my story. I'm saying the only story you can trust your life to is the Jesus story. And right here, 
is the capstone of the Jesus story. So let's read it. But we're reading it as a story. So we got, we got to get the story right. So you got to see it. you got to turn it into a motion picture in your mind. Early on the first day of the week, what comes next? While it was still, okay, let's stop right there. We haven't gotten very far. Early and dark. Resurrections happen what? Early and dark. That's another way of talking about what time of day is early and dark. It's called dawn. Early and dark, dawn. By the way, hmm, this takes place in a garden. This is the, the garden tomb. Um, hmm, when was, what was God's favorite thing to do with Adam and Eve in the original garden? Walk. And when did God walk the garden? With Adam and Eve. In the dew of the day. When does dew fall? We know it doesn't fall. It forms. But when does it fall? Dawn and dusk. Ask any gardener, when's the best time to walk a garden? Dawn and dusk. Anybody go to the zoo in the middle of the day? You don't go to the zoo in the middle of the day because all the animals are sleeping. God did not make nature to come alive in the middle of the day. It's called siesta time, you know? That's why God invented coffee to get us through the middle of the day. Your body is the pit in the PM in the middle of the day. Your body, all the animals are, are they're sleeping. When you go on a safari, you don't go in the middle of the day. You go when? Dawn and dusk. So nature comes alive. Life comes alive. Jesus comes alive. Resurrections happen. Hear me, some of you late risers. You want to experience resurrection? You got to be prepared for early and dark. Early and dark. Or, well, you can do dust too, but that's another. Oh, by the way, when was Jesus' favorite time of day? Early and dark. Dawn and dusk. And what did he do, dawn and dusk? He prayed. That's how he began his day. And, and oh, maybe that's really what prayer is, walking the garden with God. A garden of your life. As God says to you, how does your garden grow? I gave you this garden. How are you doing? Tending and tilling the garden I gave you. So here we have the setup for the resurrection. It takes place early and dark. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now, when we hear that removed, and some of the other translations actually have rolled, but you got you to picture this right. The graves back then did not have these nice discs in front of them like you got a cork in a bottle, okay? There's only six discs ever found in the ancient world, and they were all in kings and royalty and all that kind of thing. So these were just big blocks of stone that got blown out. And then, then it was removed somehow or rolled but to get out of the entranceway. But it's not this nice, I mean, there goes all those Rolling Stone sermons, you know. Where, you know just, I actually did that once. I got music from the Rolling Stones and tried to do a Rolling Stone sermon. It did not go well. But, uh, 
But no, it says it was removed. And basically, it's blown out of the wall, of the rock face. And she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were what? Now, in a story, when things occur multiple times, and you see the same thing happening over and over again, it's a big fiery flare. This is important. You're not going to understand the story unless you understand why is everyone what? Running. So you got Mary Magdalene's running and the disciples come running and then they had a foot race but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Keep going. Peter bent over I mean John bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there but did not go in. Peter came along behind him, so John won the, foot, won the foot race. But he walked. Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed, but they still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. When the disciples went back to where they were staying, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Okay, we got another recurring image, which is to experience resurrection, you got to be willing to what? Bend down. You don't get into the tomb unless you bend, unless you humble yourself, you bow. And I have a door into my study, and it's a nautical door. I got it off a Russian ship that was dismantled in India. But to get into my study where I do my writing, I can't get in there unless I, guess what, bend down. There's an old Jewish saying, an hour of study is in the eyes of God is an hour of prayer. So every time I enter my study, I bend and I bow in humbleness and in grace to God, asking for this moment of time together as we work on the scriptures and, and, and study God's word. So the bending, the importance of you and I bending to experience resurrection, humbling ourselves, not stiff backs, but bending. So here we are. They ask her, now, two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They ask her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away. She said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she still did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? Thinking he was the, this is key. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. The two highest names you can call any Jewish person, um, Didakalos and, and Rabboni. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have yet not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brother and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. All right. This is our most important story. It's the apex of our faith right here. If this didn't happen... Why are we here? So let's get the story right. Who is the first one to proclaim the resurrection? He is alive. He is not here. 
And it was a woman, Mary Magdalene. Even the Roman Catholic Church calls Mary Mary Magdalene the apostle to the apostles. That's her formal title, even in the Roman Catholic Church. She is the apostle to the apostles. She is the first one. Peter, founder of the church, he's not the one that first proclaims the resurrection. John, who run the foot race but didn't go in, he's not the first one to proclaim the resurrection. The first one to proclaim, he is not here, he is alive, was a woman, Mary Magdalene. All right, now, why was she able to experience resurrection and what was really going on before Peter and John. Why did Peter miss it? Why did John miss it? And let's go back. So let's go back in the story. Um, Go back a little bit. Um, So John bends over, looks in at the strips of linen lying there, does not go in. Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. Impetuous Peter, he runs in. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place. Some say neatly folded, separate from the linen. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is our greatest story, and a big portion of the story is describing what? Laundry. Dirty laundry. Grave clothes. Do you realize this? We got linen linen lying there, strips of linen lying there, cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Again, some, some say neatly folded at the head. What, what in the world? This is our greatest moment, our greatest story, and we got a big portion of the story describing dirty laundry. What is going on here? We can't understand the story unless we understand this. We can't understand the story unless we understand what's the meaning of everybody's running? What's the meaning of you got to bend down? What's the meaning of all this dirty laundry? So let's back up. Peter and John look in and see at either end of the slab. Okay, let's talk about the slab where Jesus was laid. Describe for me that slab. How did they lay out bodies in Jesus' day? When they put a body in a grave, how did they do it? They put it in a box? Well, eventually they did, but they first put it in a, on a slab. How big was the slab? Well, it's about four to five feet. It's rectangular. What was the slab made of? Stone. Exactly. What kind of stone? Limestone. Because limestone would decay the body quickly. Why do they want to decay the body quickly? Because we today, we have something called cremation, where you end up with a little urn of ashes. Back then, they had what were called ossuaries. Can you all say that word? Ossuaries. And ossuaries, when the body would decay, they would, they would, all you're left with was what? The bones. And they would put those bones in that little box called a ossuary, and then you would take it home and you could bury it or you could just keep it with you at home. So they're, they're, because then they reuse the tomb. 
You don't get a tomb for life. You get a tomb for as long as you need it to get your body decayed, and then it goes in, the bones go in this little box called an ossuary. So you got to picture this. So we got this limestone slab, and Peter and John look in, and what do they see? Two stacks of dirty laundry. One stack, though, is folded. The other stack is scattered. So what end, Jesus' head, is folded. Jesus' feet are scattered. So like, just wait a minute here. Last time I asked you, why aren't you crying? Now I want to ask you now, why aren't you laughing? The first thing Jesus does when he gets off the slab is what? Fold his clothes. Has Mary taught him well? He's got a Jewish mama, okay? <laughs> and she's, she's still there even in his, in his resurrection. And then he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't need to do this. So the, the feet are scattered, but the head is neatly folded. It's a, wonder, a wonderful, precious little moment of insight into Jesus and Mary, his mother's relationship right here. But So you got these two stacks of dirty laundry, these, these burial cloths, these linens at the... And that's what Peter and John see. Does Mary see that? She goes in, and exactly where their dirty laundry was, she sees two angels in white. One at the head, and one where? At the feet. Right where? The dirty laundry was. So Peter and John, they can only see dirty laundry. Mary has an encounter with angels. So I want to ask you this morning, what dirty laundry are you looking at that's really angels unawares? Where's the dirty, dirty laundry in your life that you can't see past? But really, God wants to have an angelic visitation for you, to you, right at the point of your dirtiest laundry. Because God does God's greatest work. Why? Where? Right where we are weakest and dirtiest. And so Mary sees what God really had there for Peter and John too, but they miss it. But Mary has the encounter with those angels. And so she's the one that proclaims the resurrection, not Peter and John. So what does she do differently than Peter and John that enables her to see what was really there in that dirty laundry that became an angelic visitation, an annunciation from God. So what does Mary do differently? Anybody notice that? She bows, but they did too. She stops running. Peter and John, they're running there. They have a race there, and then they ran back. He, he's not here, but we don't know what, what's going on. It's just we're, we're, we're all confused, and we're, we, we don't know anything about what. Mary stops running. She doesn't run from her confusion. She doesn't run from her pain and, of loss. She stops running. 
You want to experience resurrections? You want angelic visitations? You've got to stop running. And not only does she stop running, what does she do? Go, go back. Oh, she now, Mary stood outside the tomb doing what? She not only stopped running, but she entered in with her whole being into that confusion and, and chaos. And what in the world is going on? Where is he? What has happened to him? And in the prism of her tears, what tears do is they, they squeeze out of your body all the poisons and the toxins and the things that keep us not healthy. That's why tears sting, because you're getting rid of those toxins. And in the prism of her tears, as her being is cleansed to see what is really there, she sees not two stacks of dirty laundry, but she sees... At either end of the slab, two angels who say to her, Why are you weeping? He is not here. He's out there. Sisters and brothers were often looking for Jesus inside the church, but we come inside the church so we can. Go find him where? Outside the church. He's out there in the world calling us to join him in his mission. Wait a minute. He is not here. He is risen. Can you, you picture this? Can you see the picture? The slab? Rectangular slab? with two angels facing one another? He's not here? Um, do you see it? What is this? This is the Ark of the Covenant, which is a rectangular slab of gold, not limestone. But on it are Two angels. And what is in the middle of the two angels? It's called the mercy seat. And the mercy seat is where blood was sprinkled once a year by the high priest. And that's where God appeared once a year. That's why he had a rope tied to him. Because if he wasn't totally pure in every way, if he sprinkled that blood between those two angels on that mercy seat, he would be smitten dead right there and nobody was going in so they had to pull him out by the rope if he collapsed so here we have John telling us that just at the very time what's happened now in the holy of holies when Jesus died on the cross the temple veil was was rent in twain and the holy of holies was opened up so that no longer were the only people able to experience the presence of God, the high priest, once a year. So he's no longer here in the Holy of Holies, but in this Holy of Holies where the new Ark of the Covenant is, Jesus is not there either, and the mercy seat is gone because Jesus is alive.
This is how our ancestors read this text. They saw all this as they heard this. And one of our challenges is that we're missing all this because we're not reading it as story. Your job and mine, your mission and mine, is to go out into the world and to lift up not just a risen Christ, but a, hear me, rising Christ, because he is alive. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what anybody may say. He is alive. He, he's not here in some sacred container or sacred space. He is alive, calling us out there to join him. Yes, he's here, but he's here to call us out where he already is. So, where's your dirty laundry? Don't run from it. Bend down. Repentance, humility, and say, I know, God, that that is precisely where you want to give me some angelic visitations, some annunciations of how you want me to go, where you want me to go, what you want me to do. Look at your dirty laundry, not as dirty laundry, but as angels unawares then remember he's not in some holy place anymore boxed up stoned in veiled in he's alive let's pray Lord we serve you a rising Lord a rising Savior you are alive Rise this morning in your people here. Rise this morning in their hearts. Rise in their homes. Rise in their community. Rise in this church. Lord, rise. May we open ourselves to let you rise in our midst and not be afraid of all the stacks of dirty laundry that we all have, but Lord, to realize that that is precisely where you want to do your greatest work. You turn trash cans into treasure chests. And those trash cans of our dirty laundry, Lord, make them treasure chests of angelic visitations and annunciations. And Lord, give us the courage to hear those angelic words, he is not here. He is out there. And Lord, as you appeared as the first Adam, the last Adam as a gardener, may we go out into this world the garden of our lives, the garden of our neighborhoods, the garden of our cities. And may we be good and faithful gardeners for you to tend and till those places and those people you've given us. May we do it in the spirit of the one who was, who is, and who one day is to come. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Lynn, for an inspiring message. Once again, this is the third one. And, you know, I just think, you know, 
I have a tendency to run from my dirty laundry. I don't know about you, but maybe you have some dirty laundry and you've been running from it today. I just think we could stand and worship and, you know, talked about bowing and bending and humbling ourselves. Maybe with your stock of dirty laundry that we should come and kneel and pray and allow God to take care of that dirty laundry in our life and not run from it anymore. So let's all stand together and let's worship. Now, just stick around for a little bit, okay? So we're just going to worship for a moment and then I'm going to come back up and we pray. If you'd like to come and pray today and not run from that dirty laundry today, we'll just take a few minutes to do that, okay? Then the band will lead us in worship. Thank you.
Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for those who have knelt, Lord, and bowed down and humbled themselves. And Lord, they have decided today to not run any longer from their dirty laundry. So I pray, dear God, that you would just fill hearts with your peace and joy today and may the power of God raise us up into a new life today, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for Lynn and his message and his life and his ministry and Father, I pray blessings over him as he travels home today. I pray that you would be with his family and meet the needs of his home and all that goes on in his life. Father, direct his paths, blessing beyond what he can even imagine. Fill him, Lord, with the joy of the Lord. And Father, may he just realize the impact that he has made here. There's been some fruit. And Lord, there will be fruit to come that he may never see. And God, so we thank you today for the the buds and the blossoms, and eventually the fruit. So thank you, Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.